You're listening to the IKEVIA podcast, where we discuss ways to drive innovation in healthcare. Hello, and welcome to this inaugural Launch Excellence podcast from IKEVIA. My name's Sarah Rickwood. I run Amir Thought Leadership in IKEVIA. And since 2007, uh, my team has been bringing um, a report every two years about the state of prescription medicine launch called Launch Excellence. We have just published our eighth report on the environment for prescription medicine launches and what makes a commercially excellent launch. And we're here to talk about that today. To do that, I'm joined by Kirsty Scott, who works in the Thought Leadership team um, and is one of the lead authors on the latest Launch Excellence 8 paper. So we're going to talk a little bit um, about what we've seen um, out of the new Launch Excellence paper. Um, but I think, Kirsty, we'd better start off by defining what we mean um, by Launch Excellence. So um, when we talk about excellence for prescription medicine launches, what are we really talking about? Yeah, so what we're looking for um, when we look for the excellent launches are the launches that are the most commercially successful um, in terms of sales. So what we do is we establish what uh, the typical performance is for a launch uh, within a country, and then we look for, for those excellent launches. And we're looking across uh, three main metrics. We're looking for launches which have a steep uptake, um, which have sustained sales leadership right the way through to month 18, uh, which is how long we follow these launches for. And we're also looking for launches that do relatively well compared to um, their competitors. So we're, we're really focusing on the commercial success um, at list prices. Thank you. So really, it's about um, the outstanding launches. And um, another point I think is quite important is it's the outstanding launches in the countries that matter, because um, in this um, particular version of the report, um, just as in the other ones, we're looking for um, the lead country markets that comprise the majority of a typical innovative prescription medicine launches first five year potential. Um, and in the most recent edition of the paper, what we've looked at is um, the US, um, the lead five European countries. So that's the um, US, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain, um, Japan, and um, also China, which we've added in um, to that leading group in the recent reports because it's become increasingly important um, for innovative launch. So I suppose an obvious question, since we're on Launch Excellence 8, is why Launch Excellence 8? Why do we keep publishing um, on this subject every two years? Yeah, well, it's a topic that we keep coming back to because the, the launch environment is continually evolving. Um, and I think this year uh, we've had a, uh, the COVID impact as well. So there's been a massive trend break on top of what we already saw was a continually evolving environment. Um, and one of the reasons that the launch environment is always evolving is because the types of launches um, are changing. So if we look back to the early 2000s, the majority of launches would be primary care type launches. Um, so if we think of a typical patient journey uh, for a launch in an area like dyslipidemia, they would only be seeing maybe one to two uh, types of specialists before they um, were diagnosed and treated. And if we compare that to the types of medicines which are really uh, make up the majority of launches today, like um, cancer or rare diseases, um, 
the patient journey would be four to five specialists for cancer or maybe seven plus for rare diseases. So that um, is much longer and more complex patient journey. I think another thing that's really triggering change in the launch environment is new technologies. So we now have capabilities for omnichannel engagement with HCPs, um, whereas, again, decades ago, it was really about share of voice. Um, so technology is definitely enabling different types. Mm -hmm. OK. And that share of voice was basically a rep sitting in a doctor's office opposite the doctor face-to-face -face detailing, uh, which is still important. Um, but the point is that it's been joined with so many other ways um, of engaging with a healthcare professional as well, hasn't it? Exactly. And what we're seeing even more than before is I think even pre-pandemic back in 2019, uh, in the last Launch Excellence study, we were already seeing that digital share was higher for, for the excellent launches. Um, but because of the pandemic, um, we've, we've looked at the numbers again this year and we can really see that particularly in Europe, uh, using those remote channels is really important for, for excellent launches. Super. So um, we've created Launch Excellence 8 because the environment um, is constantly changing for launches and you have to be able to plan for the environment that you will be launching into rather than the environment of your last successful launch. And we've seen the biggest trend break ever as far as um, how launches do. So what's the actual quantitative evidence that um, the pandemic has um, affected um, the sales of um, innovative prescription medicine launches? What are the numbers saying? Yeah, so if we look at the latest numbers, uh, this is an analysis that we've done a couple of times now, but our latest numbers um, are taking uh, the latest launch cohort up to halfway through 2020. And then, of course, we follow these launches um, for six months. So we're following them to the end of 2020, December 2022. So uh, if we break down uh, the, the post-pandemic cohorts uh, into three groups, we actually see that the, uh, the, launch, the cumulative sales at six months are worryingly reducing. So across all three, or if we lump everything together, we see that um, the median cumulative sales at month six is, a, is minus 17% versus the, the pre-pandemic benchmarks. Um, but if we break this down, looking at the 2020 launches, that was only minus 10%. 2021 launches, uh, median cumulative sales were minus 18%. And actually, that's what's so worrying is that the, the median cumulative sales for the launches in the first half of 2022 uh, are actually minus 23%. So um, it should be concerning for companies and companies should really be thinking about how they can address these uh, post-pandemic challenges. So, of course, for the um, launches that happened in the first half of 22, um, when we closed the study data, we had um, six months work of data for those um, products. Um, but for the earlier cohorts that happened during the pandemic in 2020 and 2021, uh, we we're actually seeing that that underperformance persisted beyond um, the first six months um, across um, the average of launches, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. So we've followed these out um, beyond 12 months. We've also looked again at the six month window. Um, I know that's a concept that we've been covering for a long time, but it really indicates uh, that still, um, it's really difficult to change your trajectory and recover. Um, yeah, we'll come back to the six-month window in a minute. But um, so far, we've been talking about all the innovative new active substance launches. And what I'd like to do is turn to the question of the excellent launches. 
which is something that um, we have established a methodology for and we've looked at um, across all of the reports that we've done. Um, and actually, Kirsty, if we um, look at the way we've defined excellence, it's, um, it's very reasonable um, in terms of um, sales and um, performance expectation. Um, but actually, um, across countries, if we look internationally, it's really, really hard um, for launches to achieve um, international excellence. Can you tell us a bit about how we look at that and what we found in the latest study? Yeah, of course. So we, we discuss what we're looking for to establish whether a launch is excellent within a country. It's those three criteria. Um, but what we look for for international launch excellence is whether a launch is excellent across more than one country. So to be internationally excellent, they have to outperform across two countries um, or more. So again, we split this out into specialty and non-specialty launches and look at this separately. And what we can see is only around 6% of specialty launches are internationally excellent. So it's very rare, it's really difficult for companies to be consistently um, excellently launching across countries. Um, and it's even rarer for those non-specialty primary care launches. Uh, in this year's analysis, uh, just looking at the post-pandemic or the 2020 and beyond group, we're only seeing 1% of non-specialty launches um, are, are excellent internationally. So it really just shows how, how challenging it is um, to be consistently great. Completely agree. Um, and um, one of the things that we also see with those um, non-specialty primary care launches is perhaps the launches that came into the US first are rolling out more slowly than the specialty launches are in um, in Europe and um, so forth. So yeah. um, there may be a change in that um, in um, coming years. Um, but I think it also reflects the fact that the environment um, um, in terms of what's launching is, is so specialty focused um, at the moment. Um, and the um, important thing about um, this um, inability to achieve consistency um, across countries, which existed prior to the pandemic, so it seems to be a really persistent challenge, um, is that it suggests that most launches, because they're not consistent, aren't achieving um, their true um, global potential. Let's turn next to the six-month window. So um, people who have followed our launch excellence reports over the years uh, will be familiar with the um, concept of the um, six-month window. But maybe before you talk about the results, um, I'll just um, go over um, what the um, six-month window is. Um, it, what it is not, by the way, um, is saying that the first six months are always 100% of the time, the period in which a launch establishes its future success. Um, what the six-month window says is that for the majority of launches, typically 80% or more in a country, um, the first six months um, of a launch's commercial life um, are extremely influential on future success. So if a launch starts well and continues well, that's great because um, it is likely um, to continue strongly after the first six months. The problem set in, of course, when you have launches that have done less well in the first six months. And as we've just said, that's quite a few of the launches that happened in 2020, 2021, um, in the first half of um, 22. 
um, because those launches that have a less than optimal uptake trajectory in the first six months can improve, but um, it's one in five, um, 20% or fewer of launches in a country um, that improve. That's what we'd shown in every single one of the launch excellence studies we'd done since 2007 up to this point. But of course, um, the pandemic uh, was this massive trend break. So we had to go back and check whether the six-month window still held for those launches that happened during the pandemic um, and after the pandemic. Um, so you did that, Kirsty, and what did you find? Yeah, so we made sure to split the launches out. Uh, so we looked separately at those pre-pandemic launches and then we looked at all the launches um, which came after or Q4 2019 and after altogether. Um, and what we saw is that if we look pre-pandemic, it was actually much fewer than 20% of launches that were managing to significantly uh, improve their trajectory um, as we defined it. So on average, it was 7% um, of launches across those eight countries that, that made a major improvement um, between six and 18 months. Um, and if we can see, if we look post-pandemic, um, there's only one breach to this to this 20% rule. It was only in China where we saw more than 20% of launches significantly improve their trajectory. Um, but we can see that the average has increased from seven to 13%. So um, the six months is still the six month the first six months is still vitally important. Um, we still don't see uh, many breaches, and it's still clearly um, extremely important to get your launch right the first time. Um, but uh, it looks like uh, post-pandemic launches are making some level of modest improvement more than they were before. And we think that's probably a reflection of this artificial environment um, during the pandemic. Thank you. So we have a pretty challenging message there for um, companies. Um, there is possibility of some improvement, but actually um, it's pretty tough. Um, and it goes back, I think, to the supreme importance of really effective pre-launch preparation, um, which is focused on preparing for the environment as it is um, right now, um, where we have seen, of course, significant changes. Um, but let's maybe move to something more optimistic, because at the moment we've been talking about averages. Um, and averages, of course, conceal differences. Um, and there have been excellent launches, really strong commercial successes for innovative launches um, that aren't COVID vaccines or COVID treatments um, in the 20 to 2022 period. Um, and um, we've identified some characteristics of those resilient launches, um, which provide some learnings for what companies can do to um, give their launch the best chance of resilience and success um, in the environment. Um, so can you maybe um, talk me through, Kirsty, um, what we've seen in terms of um, resilient launches? What characteristics do they have? Yeah, um, well, we've always seen that launches uh, that enter areas where there's higher net lead or they're first in class, uh, unsurprisingly, they do really well. Um, and of course, that's still the case. But we've also seen some new characteristics um, if we look at the resilient launches of the recent few years. Um, one is that often um, many launches or many of the best launches are reducing the healthcare burden. 
So these are the launches that might be able to be taken at home and therefore uh, decrease hospital visits. Uh, they might be uh, launches which can be administered much more quickly um, then and therefore they're, they're saving HCP time at a time where uh, healthcare systems and healthcare practitioners are overwhelmed and overstretched. So we've seen um, it's very likely that th these launches are actually doing really well across multiple countries as well. That's that's what's been really um, apparent. Uh, we've also proved in the in the Launch Excellence 8 paper that excellent launches also have higher levels of interactive engagement. So um, post-pandemic, what we've seen is that there's a really persistent reduction in terms of the number of interactive engagements and opportunities that pharma has to promote their products to HCPs. Um, and what we've proven um, is particularly the case in the US, China and Japan, is that the excellent launches um, are able to have a significantly more interactive time or number of interactive engagement versus um, the average launch. So um, we've seen that that's the case. And we've also seen that in Europe, um, it's really important to be using um, all the channels available to you to increase that time um, that you're able to promote your products to HCPs. Thank you very much, Kirsty. So I think we'll close our first podcast here. Um, in the next podcast, we're going to dive into those findings about um, what companies can do to address the environment in some more details. So please join us um, then. Thank you. You've been listening to the IQVIA podcast. Learn more about how we help our customers and partners accelerate innovation in healthcare at IQVIA.com.